Um, yeah, so welcome. Welcome, everybody. Happy New Year. Happy birthday, Beza. We had a picture, I think, if we still have it, of, uh, of uh, our Beza's first services. And uh, this is where it was. You can see how big the auditorium was back then for all of the people. Um, but um, yeah, we, we thank God. God, is, uh, God has brought us along. Okay, praise the Lord. Romans chapter 4, please. Romans chapter 4 and verse number 18. It says, Against all hope, Abraham in hope believed, and so became the father of many nations. Just as it had been said to him, so shall your offspring be. Without weakening in his faith, he faced the fact that his body was as good as dead, since he was about a hundred years old and that Sarah's womb was also dead. Yet he did not waver through unbelief regarding the promise of God, but was strengthened in his faith and gave glory to God, being fully persuaded that God had the power to do that which he had promised. Hallelujah. It says, against all hope, Abraham in hope believed. Hmm. We serve the God of the impossible. We serve the God who is worth believing because He is able to deliver on every promise that He makes. God is faithful to His promise. The reason Abraham, against all hope, hoped was because he did not put his faith in circumstance. He put his faith in the God who is able to deliver and the God who is able to pull him out of every situation and make good on His promise. And so we serve this kind of God and I want to just encourage somebody and remind somebody that this is, uh, you know, uh, there is a time uh, to receive teaching, but then there's also another time to receive God himself. Amen. And uh, I wanted to build faith today because God is here among us. I was just so encouraged as usual by the worship team uh, uh, being on point as usual. I make sure if the worship team is behaving or not based on if they can sing what I'm preaching. And if they can sing without what I'm preaching without me telling them, that means they're anointed. If for whatever reason they sing something different, they, then they're backsliding and we need to pray for them. <laughs> no, but but it's, it's, it's just another sign that God is at work and God is uh, helping us or something. The message, you know, the, the, the whole thing that we are dealing with, we have to understand this whole uh, relationship that we have with God. We're, we're dealing with nothing but repeated supernatural interventions of God on behalf of men. Uh, our, our entire existence as the children of God is a supernatural experience. This is not normal academic, uh, 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 normal course of things that's happened when God gets into the picture. Things change. Things are transformed supernaturally. Things flip from one side to the other when God is involved. Amen? Amen? The very uh, initiation of the faith, it was, the, it was sparked by the angel Gabriel visiting, visiting Mary. And he, he told her these things. It was, this was the language, the message that it, in, in, uh, accompanied the, the visitation of angel Gabriel to Mary. He said... Nothing is impossible with God. How can this be? Nothing is impossible with God. 
From the very beginning, it was a supernatural. That means everybody who's in Christ is also a supernatural being. That there's something of an impossible that became possible because God got, got involved in our lives. The Bible is nothing but a record of God's supernatural intervention in the situations of men. He's the God who divided the Red Sea. He's the God who pulled the water out of the rock. He's the God who caused the stars to stand still until the battle was over and then let the sun go down. Come on, somebody. He's the God who, when they threw the dead body of Elisha on the, uh, on the bones, the dead bones came back to life again. Come on, somebody. He is a miracle. He is a wonder. He is amazing and he is here. He is God. I'm trying to behave myself, but I feel this thing now. I'm, not try I'm, I'm trying to preach this in such a way that you then don't get hyped by my preaching, but you get hyped by God. Hmm? So I'm trying to stay out of the way, but inside I am doing somersaults right now. Inside I am doing backflips right now. Because he is an amazing God, excuse me. He is a wonder-working God. Even our very existence in this place would not be possible if it was not for the supernatural intervention of God. I'm not talking about growing a church from a house where we saw the picture to this. You can do that if you're talented. But the very fact that we are alive, you understand that Abba was supernaturally healed by God's power from leukemia cancer when he was a young man. Which means that if the devil had his way, Abba would be dead long time before this ever happened. Which means that he could not have me as a son, which means I would not be here. If it was not for the supernatural in intervention of God. And where would the world be right now? What would the world look like without Pastor Z? I can't even imagine. Lord, help us. We are the product of supernatural intervention. So let's not get cute and trying to present some kind of lecture and academic. There is a place for academics. There is a place for, for, for proper homiletical preaching. But there's also a time for God just to come down. And for God to show up. And for God to show off. Because that is His nature. It is not a one-time occurrence. It is the very evidence of God's presence among us. He's a miracle-working God. You know, John was in prison and he was upset because he was in prison. He, you know, your, your, Saleh preached this one time. It blew me away. Like where you are, it frames your, your outlook. And he said, sent messengers to Jesus to ask, are you the one who is to come or should we expect someone else? And Jesus could have said, go tell John, yes, I am the one. But he didn't say that. He said, go tell John that the dead are raised, the blind see, the, the crippled are walking. The good news is preached to the poor and tell them all these things are happening and that's how you know. Meaning that when God, is, the evidence that God is, that this is really Jesus, it's not just a good sermon. I'm trying to contain myself now. The evidence that it's really Jesus is that he comes down himself and he does some things solo. That he touches people, that he transforms people, that he heals sick, sick bodies, that the dead are raised, that the sick are healed, and that the good news is preached, that the impossible just becomes possible because God is here. Thank you, Jesus. I'm trying to us to just to be wowed by God by himself. I'm not trying, you know, you can say something, yeah, 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 and everybody preach, and everybody yell for you. I want you to yell because God is great, because God is able, because He is a miracle-working God. 
that he has enough power, that he has enough juice in his engine to bring a dead to life, that he has enough power to bring light to darkness. That's not something that he does when he feels like it. It is his very nature. Hallelujah. This is our God. Today we lifted up the, the, the communion elements, the bread and the wine. And when we do, do this, it's a reminder. I said it earlier, it's a reminder for us. And it's a reminder to every demonic principality that this price for this salvation and the price for this fulfillment of the purpose of this life, it's already finished. It's been paid once and for all. It's nothing to be figured out. It's something to walk into because it's already worked out. It's already finished. We have come into a finished work. We have not come into a work that needs to be done. It is a finished work. Now, one of the things that is so amazing, the sacrifice was made once and for all. It was made once and for all. When Jesus was on the cross, he breathed his last. And when he breathed his last, the temple veil in the temple, it tore in two from top to bottom. I like that. Uh, there's a lot of theology tied to that, but the basic translation of that is that that veil, it separated the presence of God from men. Because the two could not come together. Because sin is something God cannot look at. And holiness is something that sin cannot fellowship with. So the veil was designed by God to keep man and God separate. So that what's over there can't come over here. And what's over here can't come over there. Because as much as God loves us, he does not want to hurt, hurt us. And we cannot approach his holiness with our sin. But the minute Jesus once for all died for our sins, the veil was torn. Now what that means for us is that the access that we could not approach before, access to his presence, because of the finished work, we have been given full access, access 100% granted. His presence is no longer distance. His presence is now among us. And it, he was sacrificed for sin once and for all. The temple veil was torn for all of us once and for all, which means that even now, as we sit here right now, that veil is still open. Which means that God is here. Oh yes. That means that God is here. I would like to repeat that again. Just, you know, because we say that all the time, like kind of cliche. Yes, God is here. He's he's no, no, no. Brothers and sisters, God is here. His presence is here right now. His glory is here right now. And I tell you why it's here. Because this gathering is a gathering unlike any other gathering. It's not the amount of people that makes this gathering special. We could have two or three and that's enough. Because it's the purpose that brings us together that makes his presence so tangible. Uh, we have gathered in his name. And he promised that when we gather in his name, that he will honor that gathering with his presence. That means that his presence is not some fantasy land, some kind of netherland mystery that we try to... But his presence is tangible. His, his presence is real and he is real right now. It means that not only is God amazing, but the amazing God is here. It means not only that God can do the impossible, but the impossible is available right here. That means that the all-powerful, all-consuming God is not only God, but He is the all-consuming God right here. The miracle worker is not only God. He is the God who is the miracle worker right here, right now. Right now. 
Put a demand on the presence of God for your breakthrough right now. Put a demand on the presence of God for your deliverance right now. We put a demand on the presence of God for every burden to be destroyed right now. Put a demand on the presence of God for things to turn around completely. See, some of us, we have this habit of coming to church, getting a blessed teaching, and going back with our burden. But this Sunday is different. Tell your neighbor, Happy New Year. This Sunday is different because this Sunday is where we leave our burden here and we leave it free. Because the all-powerful God is not only great, but He's also right here. He is among us now. He is walking up and down these aisles now. I'm trying to behave myself, but He is here. Hallelujah. His presence is here. And when His presence comes, it's not for just to tickle us and make us feel, Ooh, that was a nice little... No, He comes for work. He comes to transform. He comes to change everything upside down. So I don't know what burden you have come with today. I don't know what issue has been bothering you and has been keeping you up at night. But I serve notice on the devil that just as sure, hallelujah, as we are breathing this very air that we breathe, that the presence of God is here to transform your life. The presence of God is here to make a difference. The presence of God is here to do a work on your life that no man can do. And I want to develop some faith in somebody, the same kind of faith that Abraham had. That he said, against all hope, Abraham in hope believed. Some of us have been hanging on and working with things for a long time. Uh, waiting for a breakthrough for a long time. I felt this word. And, and I, I think it's important to understand that your breakthrough is still on schedule. This word came up to us in prayer the other day. And I was so blessed by it. You know, God is not attached to your deliverance. You are attached to your deliverance. That's the only reason some of you come to church. If you were fine, you would never come to church. I remember, I'm not going to say the name, but somebody was in trouble and it got all over the news. And they never came to church in their life. They got in trouble. It was like a big deal. And the next sun, Sunday, the whole family was right here, front row, on their knees praying. It's funny how trouble makes us. You know, that's why God is different in Africa. Like when, when, when I'm trying to contain myself and be polished. But God is different in Africa because, you know... In America, we philosophize. In the West, we philosophize. We hypothesize. We get into arguments, conspiracy theories, and, and we talk about is this post-trib or pre-trib or, or, or what is the nature of your doctrinal statement. Let me tell you the doctrinal statement in Africa. The doctrinal statement in Africa is rent is 3,000. We have monthly income of 2,000. Period. That 1,000 is made up by hallelujah. That's how we know God. People are wondering, it's a great mystery how Christianity is growing faster in Africa than anywhere else. It's very simple. Rent is 2,000. We have monthly income of uh, 3,000. Monthly income is 2,000. That's how we know God. Somehow we are still here by the grace of God. Somehow bills are paid by the grace of God. Somehow we survived this crazy war and we are still here by the glory of God. Somehow COVID was supposed to kill us and we are still here. Somehow that wave was supposed to overwhelm us and we are still here. The glory of God is known by us because we don't know Him by theory. We know Him by our life. He has fed us when we were hungry. He has healed our sick body. 
I have tasted and seen that the Lord is good. So I don't need a scientific theory to prove God to me. I, I even, from my own experience, we needed a car. Hallelujah. I took a plate from the kitchen and I began to drive it around the house like a foolish man. But that evening we had a car. Don't mess with me now. That's my theological, ontological, hypothetical statement of faith. My God has helped me when I needed him the most. He has opened the doors when everything was closed. He saved me when I thought the game was over. And that's how I know him. So don't mess with me and tell me, well, I don't think that. Well, what's your position? No, no, no. Excuse me. I know him like that. The blind man said, whether he is a sinner or not, I don't know. But one thing I do know, I was blind. But now I see. That's my theology. That's how I know him. That's how he visited me. So today I want to serve notice on every demon that's been tormenting you. I want to serve notice on every sickness and disease that has been messing with you. God is all powerful. God is big. God is big. You know what Sammy said yesterday? He said, we get so confused. Like we have a problem that's this big this much in front of our eyes and it blocks us from seeing how big God is. God is so much bigger than your problem. And when we see him as big as he is, our problem becomes so small. Hallelujah. God is not married eh, to your deliverance. That's your business. You can't wait to get out. But let me tell you, God is married to timing. He's married to his timing. And he makes everything beautiful in its time. Sometimes the reason he has not answered quite the way you wanted is because timing, he is a master at building and constructing and pulling all things together at the right time. Joseph could not wait to get out of prison and he was hustling in the prison trying to get out but God did not answer that prayer until it was time because God did not just want Joseph to come out of prison God wanted the whole world to come out of prison and in order to rescue the whole world he had to wait till everything was arranged and keep Joseph in are you hearing what I'm saying I don't know about you, but with me, I am, he is right on time for me. And I would rather have an on-time deliverance than a deliverance on my schedule. Because when I get delivered on my schedule, I only see my perspective. And all I want is to get out. But when Paul and Silas realized that God is bigger than my deliverance, they praised God while in need of deliverance until God showed up. And when God showed up, it was not just them that God delivered. But the Bible says the chains of every Everybody else in the prison came free. Happy New Year. I would like everybody to bow your heads.